Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the Total Car Score Podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Well, today's episode is not about cars, it's not about driving, it's not about an auto show or anything else. It's about an experience I've been doing for the past two years. It's about running. And if you want to run every day for two years... Don't follow my example. Instead, listen to the experts. Here it is. First of all, I have to say I don't consider myself a true runner. I just run every day. There's a difference. A lot of people have told me that anyone who runs every day for two years is a runner, where I cook every day too, and I'm not a chef. And I play the guitar almost every day, and most definitely I'm not a guitar player. You get the idea. I don't warm up. I don't stretch. I'm not training for anything. I don't like to participate in organized races. I have only done one official 5K in my life, and I have not really improved my times or distance in the past two years either. In fact, I will say that I don't like running. It's boring. But I really appreciate what happens when you run every day for two years. You sleep better. You work better. You can eat and drink more. For me, the best part of it is the challenge itself, planning ahead of every run and every new goal. Soccer, on the other hand, or foot, I love, but I was not a soccer player either. I played since I could walk, but I was never good at it either. That's why I played at every position possible, not because of my skills, but just to get a chance to get into a game. Nine fractured bones Three knee surgeries, two meniscus and one meniscus plus torn ACL, a severely dislocated shoulder and countless of other minor injuries later, I stopped playing at an organized level at the end of 2012. That's when I dislocated the left shoulder on one of my last soccer games. I was playing in a 30 and under league at the age of 50, or as someone told me then, being stupid. And I was also training to run the Miami Half Marathon in January. On Sunday, November 25, 2012, I ran 10.18 miles in 1 hour, 49 minutes and 58 seconds. Pace of 10 minutes per mile. No issues. So that 13.1 miles of the half marathon seemed doable. But after the shoulder dislocation the next week, I stopped everything. No running, no soccer, no exercise at all for a whole year. Then on Sunday, December 22, 2013, I woke up and decided to go for a run. 6.1 miles 
at 8 minutes and 55 seconds per mile. Again, no warm-up, no stretching, no training. I just woke up and went running. But I didn't run again until Thursday, July 10th, 2014. 3.3 miles at 10.46 per minute. Then I took a three-year break. On Tuesday, September 16, 2017, I did two miles at 11.07 minutes per mile. Since then, I started to be more consistent with at least one run per week and an occasional informal soccer game. I guess I never learned my lessons. Then 2020 happened. And with that, the start of the street. Because of my job as an automotive journalist, I travel pretty much every week. I was on the road for 320 days in 2019. So, when we were locked down because of COVID, I started to run more often at home. And I did 18 runs in June 2020 for a total of 77.83 miles. That's when I was invited to join a group on Facebook of automotive journalists who run. We did a 500-mile challenge in two weeks. It sounds like a lot, but it really wasn't. 12 runners, 14 days, 3 miles a day each. We did it. And then what? After a couple of days off, I added an individual challenge to keep running for the rest of July, which I did, 127.7 miles. And then August, under the Miami heat in the summer. I've survived with a total of 110.9 miles for the official start of this current streak. The next challenge became 100 days in a row, which I achieved in October 2020, and then to finish the year with consecutive runs every day. After that, I have not found a reason to stop. The world trip slowly restarted in 2021, and with that, the real challenge has been finding the time and the conditions to keep running every day. I've run in six countries and over 50 cities, starting as early as 5 a.m., and as late as 11.45 p.m. At 30 degrees Fahrenheit under the snow in Ankara, Turkey, and at 120 in Austin, Texas. I once jumped out of a car at 11 p.m. on my way home from the airport to run the last three miles just to keep the streak going. The longest run, almost nine and a half miles, was in Munich, Germany last September, just because I got lost and I ran the last five miles in record time afraid that I was going to miss the start of my work assignment. The fastest, a 10K at 7 minutes, 58 seconds per mile at home. It was a surprise even for me. I've been invited to run a marathon, but now I wouldn't even consider a half. I think that running long distances creates a higher risk of getting injured. I've heard from a lot of people who say that they regret not stopping running after a certain age, around 50 because all the injuries and long-lasting effects on the knees and hips. Yes, all of them used to run marathons and they were overweight. So for now, I will run until I want. There's never been a day during the streak that I don't feel like going running, despite the lack of sleep, occasional hangovers, and always some kind of pain from the left shoulder, which has not been fully repaired from the dislocation now more than 10 years ago, to lower back spasms and a slow three-day recovery after a soccer game last February on a regular field, 90 minutes, and a total of six miles running during the game after two running to get to the field. I haven't had a full medical checkup during the streak, but I've donated blood twice, got the COVID-19 vaccines and boosters, and as far as I know, I've not gotten infected, despite the fact that I've been traveling 
again almost every week. I also have been told that I should wear proper running shoes. I'm flat-footed, but until last May when I got a pair of New Balance Fresh Foam 1080 shoes, I ran with all brands and styles and didn't feel much of a difference. And then there's the issue about how long I should keep running with all shoes. For me, it's until I see enough holes either on the top or the bottom. Again, I don't know any better. I'm not a runner. I just run every day. My next challenge is to keep my VO2 max at superior level, which is 52 according to my Garmin Phoenix 5 Plus, and my fitness age at 20 until I turn 60 years old next December. After that, I'm sure I will find a new challenge or a new streak because when I think about it, that's all I've been doing my whole life. I started my first job as a journalist on Thursday, January 13, 1983, and I've never missed a day of work. I covered the 162 games of the inaugural season of the then Florida Marlins in 1993, and then five full seasons until they won the first World Series in 1997. But since then, I've never been back to a whole baseball game. I guess that's a much longer baseball streak. Some people might conclude that I'm more stubborn or determined or good at anything at all, and they might be right. So for now, I will keep running every day until one day, I guess I would. But since I think I'm going to keep running in the near future, I got the opinion of a couple of people who run about running and healthcare to learn about some of the issues I mentioned. First, Adolfo Salgueiro, who is a certified running coach, level two. So here's what he says. If you run, you're a runner. You might not be a competitive runner, but that's another issue. Like Brad Jasso said, I've never met a fake runner. I think you are mistaking all the activities you're mentioning as being good or great at them. We can't all be Elliot Kipchones at running or Todd Englishes at cooking or Brian Mays at playing the guitar. Those are the exceptions, not the rules. As shoes goes, they are more important than you give them credit for. Once the outer sole wears off in any part of the shoe, it's time to change them. They usually last for 300 miles. The best way to figure out what shoe is good for you is to go to a specialized running store where you will be fitted not by just any random teenager who is trying to get a commission, but by a real expert. Talking about watches. A watch cannot measure VO2 max. This gets measured by a machine that quantifies the level of oxygen that gets in and goes out. The difference is the oxygen you consume. Unless your watch is connected to this machine, it cannot measure it. Also, VO2 max is good to know. But it's not the parameter that will measure everything for you at running. And if you're not training for a big run or anything like that, it shouldn't even matter to you. How risky is it to run every day? There is a universal answer to this question. It depends. Running every day is not necessarily risky per se, but it's not for everybody either. A running streak could be a nice challenge for certain runners and could be the road to injury for others. The key is to make sure you can recover properly in between runs and then you adjust each run to the state of your body so you don't overtax it. There are many confirmed 20 plus year streaks and it says that the longest ever is over 50 years, but I'm not sure how can it be confirmed beyond the honor system considering that there's no technology to verify it. There are some clubs for streaks and you can check them on a website. 
Do you recommend the street? The key is not to become prisoner of the street. When you go beyond your limits only because you want to keep the street going, you are edging towards the possibility of an injury. Most running injuries are because of overuse and repetitive movement. So if you don't allow your body to recover because you must run regardless, you are asking for trouble. Personally, I've never been inclined to try a streak, but that only means that it's not attractive to me, not that it shouldn't be done by anybody else. If a streak is for you, be smart about it. Keep it going as long as it doesn't become a chore. And most important, don't be afraid to break it and start a new one if necessary. Nobody's gonna to love you less because you didn't run just one day. How important is resting and recovering? It depends. Not everybody recovers at the same rate. Being ready to run tomorrow after an easy three-miler on a cool spring morning is very different from doing it so after you push 20 miles under the sun. Also, age, weather, nutrition, health, sleep, and fitness, among other things, are factors that will determine whether you are ready to go for another run or not. Recovery doesn't necessarily mean to take a day or two or even a week off. It's an individual parameter that every runner needs to find out what works for them. The main thing is to understand that training consists of two equally important elements, work and recovery. Does distance running create more risk of injury? Just by moving around, we are subject to injuries. I have read stats that 50% of runners get injured every year and 90% will get injured during their lifetime. I don't have the sources of this at hand right now, but regardless of how accurate they could be, they show that you must prepare your body for the task at hand. Cross-training, dynamic stretching, weightlifting, cycling, yoga are just a few of the activities that will help you to counterbalance the effects of running in your body. To become a lifetime runner, I believe you should do something other than just running. And unless you have an underlying health issue or a structural problem in your body, most people can finish a 5K or a 10K race if they commit to it. Beyond that, there are millions of people who run half marathons, marathons, and ultra marathons. So it's a matter of preparing your body for what you want to accomplish and being smart about figuring out what are your limits. Running a marathon without training is possible, sure, but you will go through hell, and if you're lucky not to get injured, it will take you a while to recover. This only means that you can run a marathon without training, not that you are fit to run a marathon. Same applies for every distance. You must prepare your body for what it's about to undertake. If you do so and recover properly, you can do it again, and you could keep running until the day you die. And now the advice of Dr. Scott Lang, who is a professor of family medicine at the University of Central Florida College of Medicine. The human body is a perfectly designed system for the following three activities, locomotion, food acquisition, and sex. Sedentarism is by far more dangerous from an overall health perspective than running every day. The truth of the matter is that most of people are disconditioned prior to deciding that they want to be daily runners. Then they flip the switch and all of a sudden begin running at the hard surfaces at the precise rate of too far, too fast, and too soon. This population of people 
is at risk of overuse injuries, which is the risk I assume you are alluding to. To prevent those overuse injuries, there are a few principles which every athlete at any stage must follow. Number one, start slow, way slower and way lower than you think you need to go. Two, do not increase your running distance by more than 10% a week. Three, do not run more than 45 miles per week. There is no evidence that I've seen that running more than 45 miles per week improves performance or overall health. But there is a great deal of evidence that running more than 45 miles per week puts you at risk of overuse injury. Number four, the best running surfaces are soft and flat. Five, do not run through pain. If you have muscle or joint pain, when you run, ice and rest up. If the pain persists for more than a week, go and see your doctor. Six, follow any perceivably hard training days with easy days. This doesn't mean that you have to sit on your couch and eat hagen dazs but have a perceivably easy day and try not to have two hard training days doing the same activity two days in a row. Seven, get new shoes every 500 miles. These rules are not perfect, but they work for the majority of new athletes. Smart watches are perfectly accurate at calculating your heart rate. They can do so with precision and accuracy. Anything else that comes out of your smartwatch is a vague calculation based on a flawed formula, which is ultimately inaccurate. Without getting too deep into details, in order to calculate your true VO2 max level, you should have to be set up on a treadmill or a bike with a mask over your face and take some through of vigorous exercise protocol calculating O2 consumption and CO2 production during maximal exercise via the attached mask. Your watch does not do that. And I don't have any idea how a fitness age is calculated, but I'm sure it sounds like a marketing tool. So moderate exercise every day is an amazing and miraculous medicine. It helps prevent heart attacks and strokes by improving nearly every metabolic risk factor, lowering blood pressure, lowering cholesterol, decreasing the incidence that you will develop diabetes over your lifetime developing healthy strong bones and muscles as you age and serving as a perfectly effective medicine in both the treatment and prevention of anxiety and depression. So the risk of exercise gets slightly more dangerous at the extreme end of the spectrum and when done compulsively. But that's a discussion for another time and purpose. So end of story for Overwhelmingly, the majority of humans, exercise is transformational medicine that should be practiced to optimize one's health spam and lifespan. So there you have it. This was a special episode about running every day for the past two years. But next week, we'll be back talking about cars for sure. So follow us on our social media networks at Lauren Fix, at Javier Mota, and at Carl Brower. We'll be back. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 